But then when I spoke to her and told her how I felt about the disconnect as far as the date or how I felt about what she was doing with her funding during the time she was staying with me, it was a big ordeal and it was a lot of disrespect. And so finally I had to ask her to leave my home. And so even asking her to leave my home, that was a big issue. She took her time. She did it on her time. I said leave like immediately right then and there. She told me she needed to go get some bags to get her things. And so she left to go to the store. So I, she came back. And while she, when she came back, she still was on the phone having, you know, negative conversations. I'm like, can you just pack your things and leave? So my office is in my home, so I go to my office or whatever, to work or whatever. I hear the door close. So I assume she was taking bags to her car to leave, but she never returned. When I call and text her, she doesn't answer. So finally she responds and says that she's at work. She could not afford to miss a day from work. She was like, I will move when I get back. So I'm pissed at this point. I'm pissed. to Sisters Finding Balance, where we talk about growing through what you go through. Every week we'll talk about self-care, positive thinking, developing spiritual and mental health, building healthy relationships, establishing boundaries, and learning to truly love yourself. And I'm your host, Mercedes J. So I had this friend, we're going to call her sister girl like we always do. So sister girl, one day she came to me and told me that she was moving out of her apartment and she had needed somewhere to store a few boxes that did not fit into her storage unit. So I said, okay, you can, you know, store some of your boxes at my home. So sister girl brought her boxes over. And I let her store them like in my son's room. And so a few days later, she called and was like, I want to go through some of the boxes and try to kind of condense them so I can see if more of the, you know, things that are in the boxes could fit into her storage unit. So I said, okay, that's fine. So she says she's going to come by when she gets off work. So it was a little late when she got off work, maybe like eight, nine o'clock. So she comes over and I had to go to work the next day. So I just tell her to let me know when she leaves and I will get up and lock the door. So I didn't never, you know, get up in the middle of the night. So I wake up in the morning about five, five o'clock in the morning and I'm preparing for my day. So I normally like pray, meditate, but I have to make my coffee first. So I'm at the coffee maker making my coffee. So she wakes up and because she did not leave, she had, I guess, fallen asleep. So she wakes up, she comes in and she's, I'm half asleep. Like I'm barely with my eyes open. I Like I'm a person who absolutely needs coffee to respond, to wake, to even process anything. 
So I'm making my coffee and she comes and she's like, yeah, hey, can I ask you a question? I'm like, yeah. So she's like, well, I won't have my place for a few weeks. Um, So I wanted to know if I could come and stay with you for a few weeks. And well, no, she said a few days. So I'm like a few days. So I'm like, well, I'm half sleep. Let's maybe talk about this, you know, later on when I wake up. So I did right then and there ask her to clarify what did she mean by a few days. So she says, oh, 30 days or less. So she was like, I should be moved by then. So I'm like, okay, well, I'll contact you a little later to talk about the specifics, like, you know, to get out everything together because I'm half sleep. So she leaves to go to work. So I go on with my day. So later that afternoon, when I, you know, think about it and I start to process what she has asked me, I call her. She doesn't answer. So I text her and I'm like, you know, what, you know, what's the exact date? So we agree on a date. And it's exactly 30 days, so uh, I, I go ahead and write up a contract because I know, like, I did not want anybody in my space long term. So we I write up a contract, and when she comes by later, I ask her to sign that contract. So she signs the contract. It has the exact dates from, Sister Girl will be saying here, from this date to that date. So it's no, you know, ambiguity. So... We go on, she's, you know, living here and weeks pass by. And so we finally get upon the date that she's supposed to leave. So I did provide a little leeway and I said, I waited about an additional week. And so I called and texted her and I asked her, you know, hey, your time has come. You know, what are your plans? When are you leaving? Her response was like, I was bothering her. Like, why are you asking me these questions? Like, it was a shock. And I'm like, um, we agreed on this date that you would be leaving. This day has come and passed. And she's like, I don't know where you got that date from. I never said that date. I was like, well, it's in text message and it's on the contract that you signed. So I'm not sure where the disconnect is. So she was like, oh, well, I didn't mean that date. I meant, you know longer term I was like had I known you know I would not have agreed to letting her stay had I known that it was any longer than the 30-day mark so I was like well what day do you need so she wouldn't give me a, a exact date she would just say you know I need um this amount of time I'm I, you know I'm looking from my First impression, when she first asked me, it was like she had a place and the place would not be ready until a particular date. And so I also felt like because she had not been working for a while, she had just started working. So, you know, she had given me the impression that, you know, her funds were very limited. And so I had asked her to pay me something to stay with me. And it was only like $200. And that was very, very small in, you know, in comparison to what my monthly payments were. So I only wanted to kind of cover the cost that the, you know, from the fluctuation in like my utility bills of having an additional adult in the house. So I really didn't ask her anything that would, you know, I should have asked. 
So basically, when I when she said that, I said, well, I wouldn't have told you only to pay $200. I would have told you more if you were staying long-term. And I wouldn't even agree to a long-term thing. Like, you know, 30 days, I felt like was sufficient amount of time for you to get a couple of paychecks in to have enough to pay for your new place. She said, well, she needed additional time. So during this additional time, she was spending her money on things that I feel like, you know, she should not have been spending, being that you're staying at someone's home. They have given you a set time to leave. And so she was doing things like getting plastic surgery done, going and getting dental work done, you know, going doing recreational things like out, even say spending money on what they call the flowers, like different things that I was not agreeing with, you know, even doing things for others, you know, when you needed to, you know, take care of yourself. So it was just a, it made me feel uneasy. And just my, the energy in my home was tense. It was like, you know, I was ready for her to leave. I wanted my space back. I wanted my home back. I did not desire to share my home with another adult at a time. Now, mind you, I have roommate with other people, but at that particular time, I did not get this home in order to share it with anybody. I got it for me and my son. So I could, and I could tell my energy and my vibes was so off. It was knocked off. Like I was just out of it. My, my aura, everything about, about, you know, just having this other person in my home, it just bothered me. I could feel my body tense up. I could feel, you know, like it was physical. It was physical, not even just emotionally or spiritually. It was a physical feeling that I would feel every time, you know, she was around. Like I felt like somebody was invading in my space. And so it got to a point we started to have other issues, not just about the time limit. It was just a lot of when I spoke to her and told her how I felt about the disconnect as far as the date or how I felt about what she was doing with her funding during the time she was staying with me. It was a big ordeal and it was a lot of disrespect. And so finally, I had to ask her to leave my home. And so even asking her to leave my home, that was a big issue. She took her time. She did it on her time. I said, leave like immediately right then and there. She told me she needed to go get some bags to get her things. And so she left to go to the store. So I, she came back. And while she, when she came back, she still was on the phone having, you know, negative conversations. I'm like, can you just pack your things and leave? So my office is in my home. So I go to my office or whatever to work or whatever. I hear the door close. So I assume she was taking bags to her car to leave, but she never returned. When I call and text her, she doesn't answer. So finally she responds and says that she's at work. She cannot afford to miss a day from work. She was like, I will move when I get back. So I'm pissed at this point. I'm pissed. So she gets back. It she gets back after I've gone to bed. And so when she gets back, I'm expecting her to get her things and go and leave. So when by the time I wake up, she will be gone. So when she gets back, that is not the case. She gets in the bed and goes to sleep. So I knock on the door when I wake up in the morning, like, what's going on? Oh, I, you know. I got to get somebody to move. No, these are bags. You can carry them. Like it was a whole big ordeal. It was so big. Like I had to literally like stand there with her, like get your things. Do you want me to put them outside or do you want me to call the police? What do you want me to do? But you have to leave right now. So today we'll be talking about boundaries. So let's define boundaries. 
All relationships need boundaries. A boundary is an imaginary line that separates me from you. They separate like your physical space, your feelings, your needs, and your responsibilities from others. Your boundaries also tell other people how they can treat you, what's acceptable and what's not acceptable. Without boundaries, people may take advantage of you because you haven't set limits about how you expect to be treated. So we can use an example of a property line or a fence as an example to boundaries. So just say whatever is inside the fence, that is what you allow in your space, in in your space, what you ex- expect from others. It's just your feelings, your needs, the responsibilities that you need from others and everything outside that fence is what you do not want, what you don't, you don't, what is not acceptable to you. So some of the reasons why we need boundaries are boundaries allow you to be your true self. They create like a separateness that allows you to have your own feelings, make your own decisions and know and ask for what you want without needing to please others. Also, boundaries are a form of self-care. Healthy emotional boundaries mean you value your own feelings and needs and you're not responsible for how others feel or behave. Boundaries allow you to let go of worry about how others feel and places accountability square with the individual. Boundaries also keep you from overextending yourself. Boundaries can simply mean just saying no to things that don't align with your priorities. Boundaries create realistic expectations, whether it's with a friend or your partner or your neighbor or your boss or any kind of relationships. They rela- relationships function best when we know what's expected. When you clearly communicate boundaries, those people, they know how they're expected to behave in a relationship with you. When expectations aren't communicated and met, resentment and anger may grow. Boundaries create safety. They provide physical and emotional safety for keeping out what feels uncomfortable or hurtful. Boundaries show me where I end and where I begin. We are responsible to others and for others. That means not denying ourselves and doing for others what they are not able to do for themselves. That's called sacrificial love and that's not positive or it does not help us or help them so some of the reasons that we have problems with setting boundaries is i'll say two reasons are like compliance or avoidance so compliance is where uh we say yes to the bad a lot of times we don't know we don't want to do something or we might not want to participate in something or go somewhere and instead of saying no we say yes and the avoidance is where basically like you won't allow the good in you have maybe you have suffered emotionally like um from a toxic relationship or abusive relationship in the past and you won't let good relationships in because you have put up this wall and you do not know how to let the good come in you don't know how to put your guard down for a moment to let the good relationships you know prosper you block all relationships because you have suffered you know, maybe emotionally or physically, or maybe even, you know, uh, if it was a physical abuse, like such as sexual abuse, um, you won't allow anyone to touch you. Just, it could be a pat on the back. You won't allow, or even a hug. You won't allow anyone to touch you because you have put up this wall of, you know, 
associating touch as negative because of what you have gone through. And then also, uh, there are the people who not only lack setting boundaries, but there are the people who do not respect boundaries. And these are called controllers. So you have the aggressive controllers and you have the manipulative controllers. So the aggressive controllers are the ones that do not listen to boundaries. They just blatantly run over other people's boundaries. Um, They're sometimes verbally or physically abusive. They attempt to try to change how you, you want them to be, say, you know, you put you told them your limits or how what type of people you want around you and they try to change that uh also the manipulative controllers they are less honest than the aggressive controllers they try to persuade you out of your boundaries they try to talk you into a yes like persuade you to say yes to things that you do not agree with and they indirectly manipulate circumstances to get their way so we have to realize that no is a way for us to outline our rules and interaction. Like, no is a complete sentence. A lot of times we do not have to explain why we say no. We just have to tell them, no, thank you. You know, I would rather not participate in that. I do not believe in that. That is not something that I agree with. Just tell them, no, you don't have to give excuses. Oh, well, I can't come to that event because I have to uh, clean my home. I have to uh, a, a paper to write and I also have work in the morning. No, you don't have to give them all of those reasons. You just blatantly can tell them no. We have to realize that by saying no, it's actually an act of self-care. A lot of times we face the dilemma of, do I want to appease someone else and sacrifice my sanity and my feelings? And, you know, it may be something that I'm agreeing to, to you know, for someone else's feelings and I'm not, it's not going to sit well with me. Or do I want to practice self-care and protect myself emotionally and possibly hurt someone else's feelings and let them down? So a lot of times we have to weigh those options out when we make decisions. We may um, make excuses of what we want to do, what we don't want to do sometimes, or we may go or do it anyways and suffer. And like you could agree to go to a party and knowing you don't want to go and then you, you're there and you're just like, oh, I shouldn't have came. Like you're just sitting there suffering. You're so ready to leave, but you've agreed to come and do something that you know you did not want to do in the first place. And so a lot of the time by setting boundaries, we experience a lot of feelings like guilt, like we don't want to point, disappoint other people or like our fear of missing out, which they call FOMO. Basically, you, you feel like if you don't participate in certain things or do certain things, you may miss out on certain opportunities or if it's a big event, everybody's talking about it, but you got to go to work the next day. You can't stay out till four o'clock in the morning because you got to get up at five o'clock or six o'clock to go to work. So you may feel like, oh my God, I'm missing out on all the fun, all of, you know, what's happening. So that is one feeling that we do deal with when we're setting and creating boundaries or defining our boundaries. Another feeling is perfectionism is basically you won't you feel like you won't look like your best self. Like you may have created this 
this illusion or maybe even this persona or personality that you are the life of the party. So if you don't go to this party, you know, that goes against your image. Or you may be the person who is the social person or even a person who's very dedicated to their business, an entrepreneur, like very dedicated to their business. And there's this big workshop going on that everyone's talking about. Everybody that's who is who is going to be there. And you just have other obligations that you're not able to attend or you may not even be feeling the best spirits or even want to attend but you feel like if you don't go that you know you have to be there in order to maintain this image of perfectionism so i kind of want to talk about the 10 laws of boundaries as defined by dr cloud and dr townsend so let's just talk about the these are the laws and principles that kind of define boundaries so the first law is the law of sowing and reaping. So the, the law of sowing and reaping is just like the law of cause of effect. Sometimes people don't reap what they sow because someone else steps in and reaps the consequences for them. So as a mother, I can relate to this. So a lot of times our children do things that get them into trouble. And us as parents, we we a lot of times legally we have to reap the consequences. But as our children go grow older, um, they may do things like they don't pay their bills. Basically they're about to get evicted. And a lot of parents they will go step in and they will pay for their children not to get evicted. I've seen it a lot of times happen or even children that get into legal issues or anything the parents they step in and they reap the consequences for them and it is often people who have no boundaries who do the interrupting like by you stepping in and taking those consequences for them that means that you a lot of times lack boundaries so rescuing a person from the natural consequences of his or her behavior kind of enables him to continue in the irresponsible behavior the the person that you're rescuing they do not suffer the consequences the person who rescued them does a person who continuously rescues a person is called codependent and i know i've been codependent a lot of times in friendships uh, with family members I, for instance my one of my siblings uh, a lot of times would you need somewhere to stay and they would get they will basically move in with their significant other and when the significant other would you know they break up it was like call call your sister and your sister lets you stay with her no matter what no matter if i was in a relationship or no matter if i even had room or even if i was in a place to help someone else so a lot of times you got you have to let these people suffer their own consequences instead of paying their their bills physically emotionally or in or spiritually and the second law is the law of responsibility so we do have a responsibility to love one another but not to be one another so i can't feel your feelings for you i can't think for you i can't behave for you i can't work through your disappointments that limit you like i can't grow for you and you cannot grow for me only you can grow for you so you have we have a responsibility yes to others but you need to allow others to grow like to grow so you have like i said a responsibility to others that does not mean to you have to basically set limits on 
like another person's destructive or irresponsible behavior. It is not good to rescue someone from the consequences of their like their issues, their their problems. Because if once you rescue them, you'll have to do it over and over again. For instance, I have a friend and a friend of mine would always somehow end up like in jail for something minor like just say probation violation and so i would always pay the bond before like to get them out or whatever the bill well i started it one time and so i thought it was a one-time thing but it was like every single time they did it i had to keep doing it i had to keep doing it so it was expected i was the only person they would call when they got in this jam so it was like you know they will continue to do it until i finally said no i'm not going to do this so the last time that they did it they called i did not answer they continued to call. They got out and they were like, hey, I called you. And I'm like, hey, you know, I feel like you're keep continuing to do this because you know that I'm going to continue to get you out of that bind. And that, you know, that's not beneficial to me. So we, the third law is the law of power. We have to let people grow and learn that they have the power to realize their problems. Just like an addict, they have to realize that they have a problem. They have to address the problem and they have to work through it. They have the power. We do not. I cannot help you work through your problems. Like I can't help you to realize you have a problem. I can't help you to grow through your problems or realize, you know, what you need to do to correct the problem. Like I can't help you, you know, do what you need to do to take the steps. I can only lead the horse to the water. I can't make the horse drink. That's all. Like you have the power. The power is within you. So your boundaries define what you do not have power over as well. Just like the serenity prayer, God grant me the serenity to accept the things that I cannot change, the courage to change the things that I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. So we have to realize that we have the power over things that we can control and change but we also have an area of things that we cannot so we have to realize what are the things that we can control and change and that is what we have the power over you can try to influence something but you cannot control things that's outside of your control you cannot do anything about those so that is we we basically need the wisdom to know what is you and what is not you so and we have to know the difference between what we have the power to change and what we do not. 